All right, Acts 21, verse number 27. Everybody hear me okay? And when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews, which were of Asia, when they saw him in the temple, stirred up all the people and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man that teacheth all men everywhere against the people and the law in this place, and further brought Greeks also into the temple and have polluted this holy place. Go down with me just for sake of time down to verse number 32. Who immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down unto them. And when they saw the chief captain and the soldiers, they left beating off Paul. They were beating Paul. When, when the people saw that Paul had come into the temple, they were beating him and, and uh, they, they desired to kill him. For what? Remember, we've been preaching through this. He's, he's gone throughout Asia. He's gone through Europe. He's gone through places. He's going into the synagogues, into the temple, and he's preaching Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He's preaching that Jesus Christ came and, and paid the sin debt that, that uh, uh, mankind owed. He, he's preaching that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And as he's preaching this, the Jews and the religious crowd, does, they don't like what they're hearing. And so they see Paul now back in Jerusalem, and they take him, and their desire is to kill him for preaching the gospel message of Jesus Christ. As they're in the process of beating him, the Bible tells us this, that, that the chief, the chief uh, uh, centurion or the, the one that's in charge of the, the, uh, the, the captain in charge of the centur uh, uh, soldiers here, they come down and, and they rescue Paul from this beating that the people are giving him. In verse number 33, then the chief captain came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains and demanded who he was. And what he had done. And some cried one thing and some another. They, they didn't even have their story straight. They're so angry. They're just, they're, they're crying out the accusation against Paul. And when he could not know the certainty for the uh, uh, tumult, he, he commanded him to be carried into the castle. And when he had come, uh, came upon the stairs, so it was, that uh, he was bound of the soldiers for the violence of the people. And what simply means there is Paul, he was beaten so bad and the people were so great there. They literally had to, soldiers had to pick him up and carry him up the stairs there to, to get him away from where the people were. And when he had come into the stairs, so it was that um, he was born of the soldiers, the, the violence of the, the people for the multitude of the people followed after crying away with him. You know, you have got to hate someone or really be upset or really angry with someone to want to kill him. Now, Paul hadn't done anything to hurt any of their family physically. Paul hadn't done something. He hadn't stolen anything from a possession that, that belonged to these people. They're angry with Paul because Paul is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's messing up their religion. It's causing people that, that were steeped in the law and in religion to turn from that and trust Christ. And they're wanting to kill Paul because he's preaching the gospel. 
Now, I want you to think about that. They're wanting Paul dead because of what he's saying, because what he's teaching, because what he's preaching. And they're so angry that they're, 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 they'll do whatever they can. They've, they've physically have beaten Paul, and now they want to kill Paul because of the message of the gospel. In this passive scripture, as we've been studying through the book of Acts, we know that Paul had such a desire to go to Jerusalem. His goal was to get there before Pentecost, and, 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 and he desired to do this, and, and that's exactly what he did. And remember, the brethren there, the disciples uh, previously had warned Paul, don't go to Jerusalem because if you go there, you're going to be bound, you're going to be beaten, and you're probably even going to be killed. So just, just Paul, stop going there. They're looking at what Paul is doing. And, and Paul had been beaten before, and Paul had been stoned before, and, and Paul has gone through great persecution before, but, but the warning for Paul, this was different. This is probably going to change everything. This, this is different, Paul, than, than, than the beating that you took and the imprisonment you took in Philippi. And it's, it's different than, than, than the beatings that you've taken in your missionary journeys in the past. This is going to be different. You're probably not going to get out of this one. Paul, listening to what they're saying and hearing them, he still had the desire to go to Jerusalem. And this is where Paul finds himself back in Jerusalem, in the temple, preaching the gospel, and this persecution comes. Now, I want us to consider something today. As we study Acts chapter 21, I want you to consider something, the last portion of this chapter. What I want us to consider today is this, is Paul's boldness. I want you to consider Paul's boldness. I'm afraid, Christian, we as American Christians don't really truly understand persecution like the New Testament Christian understands. Even, even there are some in this world today, I, I was invited to hear the pastor uh, that uh, uh, was held in Iran for, for a lengthy period of time and that was just released not long ago. He's going to be speaking here in Ohio, and I had an invitation to come hear him preach next month. And, and the persecution that he went through because he was preaching the gospel in a country where the gospel is prohibited. I want you to think about that. There are places around this world that we could not meet in a tent like this with a PA system and freely preach the gospel message of Jesus Christ. There would be police officers and, and, and uh, soldiers that would come in and we would be arrested. We would be placed in jail for simply preaching the message that is preached every single week from this place. And that's not just something that happens back in Acts. It's something that even is happening around this world today. But I want us to consider today the boldness that Paul has. He's not going to be silenced when it comes to the gospel message. 
Paul is threatened. He's warned. Matter of fact, before he comes to Jerusalem, he's warned, you're going to be bound. You're going to be in prison. You might even lose your life. Paul, don't go to this place because if you do, something bad is going to happen. And Paul continued to go. Paul then comes to this place and exactly what he was warned was going to happen happens to Paul. And Paul is continuing with boldness to preach the gospel. I want to ask ourselves today, how bold are we when it comes to the gospel? How bold are we when it comes to the gospel? How bold are you when your next door neighbor that you see, that you live next door to, how bold are you in getting the gospel to someone? How bold are you when it comes to giving the gospel to your coworker that you see every day, that you work with? How bold are you in giving the gospel? How bold are you in giving the gospel to that waitress or the person at the store that waits on you or checks you out? How bold are you in giving the gospel? You see, remember the call to give the gospel is not just upon certains, certain people. The call to give the gospel is given to all disciples of Jesus Christ, to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. That was not just a command that was given to the 12 apostles. It's not just something the first century Christians were commanded to do, but it's still in 2020 today, the believers, the followers of Jesus Christ are still commanded to go into the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. But you know what I fear? We've lost our boldness. And maybe even for good reasons. Maybe we've convinced ourselves that, that if we were to give the gospel or present it to our neighbors, it would be an awkward situation for our neighbors. And so we choose not to give it because we're not sure what's going to happen if we do give it to our neighbors. Maybe we've come to the place where if we give it in the workplace, there could be some consequences or people might not like it or it may be difficult for me or awkward for those that are hearing it. And so we choose not to give it. Or maybe it's just simply we don't have the time where all always in a rush. We're always busy doing something, knowing where we need to go to next and, and not having the time to take. But I would submit to you this. Many today are, uh, have lost the boldness to give the gospel like the first century Christians had. I want to ask you, and I'd like for you to ask yourself today, how bold are you when it comes to giving the gospel? The Bible tells us in verse number 27, let's look there again. And when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews which were of Asia, when they saw him where? In the temple. Do you notice where they saw Paul? Now, Paul's been warned. They said, Paul, if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be bound. You're going to be uh, taken captive. You, you're probably going to be killed. And where do you find Paul? When Paul gets to Jerusalem, after he, he waits those seven days, remember there was a, a, a issue previously in this chapter where they were saying, the, the brethren were saying, Paul, we, we're not quite sure if we agree what you're preaching. There we go. That was my fault. I, my pinky hits that button on the bottom there. And Paul, Paul, you, uh, 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 
you, 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 you're confusing believers and you're telling people they don't have to be circumcised and Paul gets all that worked out and when Paul gets all of that worked out, he doesn't go into hiding. You don't find him where it says, well, Paul met in an upper room for fear of, of the Jews or for fear of the guards. Where you find Paul is back in a public place in the temple preaching the gospel. I want you to write this down, please, in your heart someplace. Paul's boldness took him where the people needed to hear it most. Paul's boldness took him to the place where the people needed to hear it most. Listen to me, we are living in a day in church. I I can't, I, I don't know how much more clear that we could be on this. We are living in trying times. We are living in a changing culture. Our country is changing. It seems every day it's changing and it's getting farther and farther and farther away from the Christian values it was founded upon. It's getting farther and farther and farther away than the Christian principles that our, our founding fathers established. The documents that founded this country and established the laws that, that created this nation. This is, we're moving farther and farther away. And if there's a time that we as Christians ought to be bold I would say it's today, like no other day before in history, we need to be bold in getting the gospel message to those that need to hear it most. And Paul's boldness took him to this place. We find in verse number 27, as I mentioned, it took him to the temple. It took him to the religious places. It took him to the place where religion was heard but truth was not being heard. And listen to me, there's a difference between the two. Have you ever, have you ever shared the gospel with someone and you've asked them, uh, just recently I had a conversation with someone, I, I asked them this, hey, have you ever been saved? Have you ever trusted Christ as your savior? And they said to me this, it's why well, I grew up in church. Now when someone says, well, I grew up in church, I know they're not getting what I'm saying. And, and, and this is just a conversation I just had with someone just recently. I said, well, I, I grew up in church and, and, and I, remember, I remember that I was baptized uh, in church. And, 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 and I said, that's a wonderful thing to grow up in church. I, I, was, I grew up in church as well. And, and, and I, I was baptized as well. And, and being a good person is a wonderful thing. And, 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 and knowing, knowing uh, 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 the Bible is a, is a wonderful thing. And, and, and memorizing scripture and, and going to Sunday school, all of those things are wonderful things. But I want you to know that none of those things save a person. The only thing that can save a person is Jesus Christ. And Paul, knowing this, he goes to the place where people needed to hear the gospel most. And hear me today, even in religious places, the gospel needs to be heard. I would say this, many places right now, even in this country, even in churches that are meeting, the gospel needs to be preached. And I I don't know for many of us, and I thought about this today, And for many of us that are probably underneath of this tent, we could say, oh, another gospel message. How many times do we need to hear the gospel message? I've already been saved. I've already done this. I I want something more. But I want to remind you, church, that the gospel is where it all started. 
And sometimes a, a gospel message uh, ought to, uh, to be heard to revive our hearts again and stir us once again to go out into a world that needs to hear the gospel and share the gospel. I want you to remember there are people that, that may come, even today, that might come, that, that see a tent or, or a neighbor that's listening. There's, there's always someone that we might not realize that is coming and, and hearing the message. And, and I would pray that if someone ever comes to this tent or inside the building or any place that this church would meet, I pray they would always hear the gospel message. Paul went to the temple. He went to the religious places. You see, it was religion that was causing the truth to be silenced. Oh, listen to me today. I believe this, that it's still true today. Religion at times causes the truth to be silenced. Don't mess with tradition. Don't mess with the way it's always been done. But listen to me today. Hear me, please. Jesus Christ came to save a world that needed to be saved. There's men and women and boys and girls. Every single human being born into this world is born with a sin nature. And they have to be saved if they're going to spend eternity in heaven. I was... I was... Uh, I probably, probably the word angered, probably would be the right word. I was out this week, this past week, with uh, a few guys. There were four of us. We were riding in little golf carts. You can imagine what we were doing. And one of them that I was riding with said to me, hey, did you hear the message? Did you hear about that message that was preached by uh, a pastor in, in this area? I said, no, I, I didn't hear about it. And he said, yeah, he said, there's a, a message. And he told me who it was. And he said to me, he said, Pastor, 6, 000, it's already had 6,000 views in one week. And I said, well, tell me about it. What is it? He said, it was a message that this pastor preached that there's no hell. That everyone's going to heaven. That hell is the life you choose to live upon this earth, if you choose to live a bad life, this then becomes your hell. But everyone goes to heaven because God is a loving God. And God would never send anyone to hell. And for 45 minutes without any scripture, this man preached this message. And he told me about this and I said, no, he's got to have it. He, he's got to have something wrong. He was watching something else while he was watching that message. There's no way. There's no way. So I took the time. I took 45 minutes that I didn't have, and I watched this message. And I thought to myself, how sad. How sad that we're giving people religion, but we're not giving people truth. I said to our staff in a staff meeting this week, I said, what we're going to do is I'm going to put a video out to, 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 on purpose, go against what that man preached. And so I'm going to take the time this, this week, and we're going to produce a video, and we're going to sponsor it. We're going to do whatever we have to do to get that video out to as many people, because the gospel message needs to go out. 
There's too many people that believe in false things. There's too many people that believe that, that, that there are, we're all just going to go to heaven. Hear me today. There is, God is a loving God. And the Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. He is a loving God. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, his only son, into this world. He came from heaven, was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, but he left heaven's home. He was born into this earth, this sin-filled earth. Why? Because God loves you. The Bible does say that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He's not willing that any should perish. He doesn't want anyone to spend eternity in hell. That's why he gave his son, Jesus Christ. But God is a holy God, and God is a just God, and he cannot allow sin into his presence. And so there must be a payment for your sin. And God loved us when we were dead in our trespasses in sin. He still was long-suffering toward us, not willing that we would perish, but that we would come to repentance. Oh no, listen to me. He is a God that loves us. That's why he sent Jesus Christ. But the truth of it is this. If a person rejects Jesus Christ, they've rejected that love that God offers to all mankind. And because of that truth, Paul had the boldness to go to where the people needed to hear the gospel the most. And church, I want to remind us I tell you, things in this world are just getting crazy. I, I, I thought to myself just this, this week. Matter of fact, it was Friday. Friday, I was standing there in the church, and I was looking across, and it looked like a hurricane was coming over our property. I mean, it, the, the chairs here were all getting blown over. I mean, it, it was bad. I thought to myself, I'm glad it's not going to do that on Sunday. <laughs> But I thought to myself, we're in a tent. I, I thought to myself, there are people that are losing their jobs. I, I thought to myself, the cities, major cities in this nation are, are, are just under such distress and major issues are happening all around this country and this world. I saw an article, they say 20% of pastors are not going to make it through COVID. I mean, could you imagine that? 25% of, of, of small businesses probably won't make it financially through COVID and will have to close down. My wife and I love to take a trip. We've taken the train here from Toledo on a couple different occasions and we take it right into Toledo and or from Toledo into Chicago and, and uh, uh, places that we've stayed in Chicago, just a little getaway, just to spend time, we wouldn't even dare go there now. Places are boarded up. Businesses are closed. People are losing their jobs. People are sick. Listen to me. We need to take the gospel message if any time before needs to be the time that the church does not fall asleep. Today needs to be the day the church does not waver in its message. It's got to be the time where we don't take for granted the gospel message and we with boldness take it to the places that need to hear the gospel the most. 
Because what the world needs right now is not a, a well-spoken politician that's going to solve all the problems. What the world needs now is a church that has the gospel message that says, I understand that there's problems. I understand there could be persecution. I understand that this could be uh, 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 difficult. I understand it could be uh, 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 difficult to tell my neighbors and my coworkers and my family. I understand it's not a popular message, but the world now needs the gospel more than ever before. In church, I want to challenge you with boldness like Paul had. Take the gospel to the places that need it the most. I want you to see here, look with me in verse number 29. Not only did he take it to the temple, there was a, they, there was a man, the Bible tells us, they had seen before with him in the city uh, Trophimus in Ephesian. Now, they're upset because this was not a Jew. And Paul had the audacity to take this Ephesian to the temple. How dare him? This man was not a Jew. He doesn't belong in the temple. And that's what religion says. This person's good and this person's not. This one's better than that person. I like what the gospel says. We're all at the same level at the foot of the cross. There's none that are righteous, no, not one. None of us deserve what Christ is willing to give. Listen, there's not one person. It doesn't matter if you're red, yellow, black, or white. It doesn't matter what your last name is. It doesn't matter what nation that you were born in. It doesn't matter your citizenship. It doesn't matter your nationality. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who your ancestors are. Every single person has the, should have the opportunity to hear the gospel. And every person that comes to Jesus Christ after hearing the gospel, the Bible says, shall be saved. Listen, man, I want you to see here number, number two. Paul took this boldness to the place he needed to go. He took it, number one, to the temple, to the religious. He took it, number two, to the people that were lost. This man here, this Ephesian, he was dead in trespasses and sin, and Paul took the gospel message to him. He, it didn't matter that he wasn't a Jew. It didn't matter that he was from Ephesus. It didn't matter what his nationality was. Paul had a love for him. Paul knew he needed to be saved, and Paul did whatever he could to get the gospel message to those that needed the gospel. Church, I want to ask you this. What are you doing to get the gospel message to those that need to hear it most. I'll be honest, I'm like you. I want my neighbors to like me. How many of you want your neighbors to like you? Well, good. You're nice people. That's great. You know, so for Christmas, we'll go and give them a, a pie or something, you know. Help them if their trash can blows over. Pick it up and wheel it back up to the, you know, where it belongs. Just try to be a good neighbor. Those things are all wonderful things. But the best neighbor a Christian could be is one that tells people about Jesus Christ. 
I found myself last evening. Because I'm like you, we can get just so busy. I pull in my driveway most of the time, whenever I'm driving is when I return phone calls and I'm on the phone. So most of the time I pull in my driveway, my neighbors could be out and the best I give them is a wave because I'm on the phone with one of you. And I found myself last couple nights ago with one of my neighbors that was going through a great, great trial in their life. It was just starting to get dark and I found myself just standing in his driveway for about 30 minutes brushing away the mosquitoes, just sharing the gospel. Just sharing the gospel. I went back inside and I said to my wife, you know, we have not had one neighbor over to our house since we've lived here. Now, we've, we've been friendly. We've done everything that good, friendly neighbors do. And so I said to her this, there's neighbors on each side of us and three neighbors right across the street. I said, I'm going to go uh, next week. I'm going to go knock on all of their doors and I'm going to ask them if I could take them all to dinner. There'd be six of us men. If we could go to dinner, I'm going to take them to dinner. I'm going to uh, buy their dinner for them. I'm going to give them that done book that we give out. I'm going to tell them, they all know that I'm a pastor. They all know what I do, but I'm going to tell them what I preach. And I said, then, then I'm going to ask him this, is, is, would this be okay? Could we then invite those six or those five other neighbors? Would you mind if I ask them if, if they, if, if they'll agree to go to dinner, if I can ask them, why don't you come over this fall and we will invite your entire family and we'll have a barbecue out back still while the weather's nice and, and, and get them in our house because I want our neighbors to be saved. I tell you, maybe it's because of the message I was preparing this week and maybe just because of the circumstances that, that were going on in my, my heart this week in my life, but I had such a conviction like I've never had before. I need to stop talking about what I need to do I need to do it. I need to go to where people are lost. You know, sometimes, Christian, if we're not careful, the only friends we have are just saved people. And, and that's important. That's where we find encouragement. That's where we, we get edified. That's, it's vitally important. I, I said, said that this morning to start the message. Just being around other Christians is encouraging, and we need that. And we're commanded in the Bible to do that. But if we're not careful, we can put ourselves in a bubble where we now don't have relationships to be able to give the gospel to. And that's never what God ever intended for us to do with the gospel. If you've got it and you're saved and you've trusted Christ as your Savior, then give it. Tell others what Jesus Christ has done for them. Paul did it at the temple. Paul did it in Ephesus, and, and, and people there were saved that, that were lost. And I want you to see, look with me in verse number 37. The Bible also says this, And as Paul was led into the castle, he said unto the chief captain, May I speak unto thee? Who said, Canst thou speak Greek? What is Paul going to say? We're not going to get into this chapter today, but chapter number 22, next week, we'll look at this. Paul doesn't say, can I speak to you about something? Hey, I want to put a grievance against all these Jews. 
Hey, I, 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 um, I'm a little upset. They, they, they gave me a black eye. Paul didn't ask to speak to this captain because he wanted to complain about how he was being treated. Hey, your soldiers, when they were dragging me up the steps, you know, they, they, they didn't treat me just right. One of them said something really bad to me. You know what Paul wanted to say? What Jesus Christ had done. Paul's desire was to go even to the political rulers, to this chief uh, of, the, of, the, uh, of, the, of the guards, to, to, the, to the soldiers there. He didn't care who it was, whether they were in the temple and they were religious, or they were just lost uh, uh, sinners there in Ephesus, or they were the chief captain or soldiers. It didn't matter who it was. Paul was always looking for an audience. And what was Paul trying to do? He wasn't arguing about political things. Paul wasn't complaining about the way he was treated. Paul wasn't upset because he uh, uh, wasn't respected. No, Paul took every opportunity, no matter who he was with, to say, can I tell you about Jesus? I'm going to ask you this question. How bold are you in telling others about Jesus? May we have the boldness to get the gospel to where it isn't easy where people are steeped in religion, where they're confused and, and, and where they, they need to hear the truth. May God give us the boldness to take the gospel to the places that aren't easy. We're seeing in our country today pastors and churches that are standing up, that are preaching the gospel in places that are, are, are steeped in religion and they're t facing persecution. We're standing against governors and states in our country today that have made it a mandate that they cannot meet in churches. I've got friends of mine, pastor friends, that, that it is illegal right now for them to meet, to have church. I told you this several several weeks ago. There's a pastor in New Jersey. There, he's probably up to 20 or so uh, violations now that uh, he's being sued. He's going to it's going to court, and and uh, each violation is either a a fine or up to six months in jail for meeting in their building. Right now. It's happening in this country. And oh, listen to me, Christian, it ought to stir us. It should not confuse us. It should not intimidate us. It should not discourage us. If anything, it ought to stir us to say the gospel message must go out. People still need to be saved, and we have the command upon us to get the gospel. It doesn't matter what's allowed and what's not allowed. It doesn't matter what mandates may be out there. We are mandated by the God of this universe to take the gospel message into the places that people need to hear it. It's the mandate by God. And I would say this, church, let's follow God's mandate before we follow man's mandates. They're commanding churches, telling churches that when they meet, they can't sing. You've seen this. You can gather, but you can't sing. God help us. Christians, if we aren't bold when we are free, what makes us think that we're going to stand in the day of adversity? If we don't stand for what's right when we can, what makes us think we're going to do it when the government comes against us? 
we see in Paul's boldness, it took him to where people needed to hear the gospel the most. And secondly, and I'm done here this morning, Paul's boldness kept him going even under pressing times. Look with me in verse number 28. The Bible says this, crying out, men of Israel, help. This is the man that teacheth all men everywhere against the people and against the law. And this place and further brought Greeks also into the temple and hath polluted this holy place. And Paul, he, this is the accusation. Paul could have said, you know what? It's getting a little bit too hot here. It's getting a little bit too difficult. I'm going to stand uh, or I'm going to walk away. It's, it, times are just a little bit too pressing right now. But Paul still stood and still preached the gospel, even under pressing times. His boldness kept him going, even when it was difficult, even when they were against him. I want you to see in verse number 30 as well. The Bible says, and all the city was moved, and the people ran together, and they took Paul and drew him out of the temple. And forthwith the doors were shut. They, listen, they, they took Paul violently took Paul and Paul still stood there in front of that chief of the of the guards there and he said can I speak to you for a minute I want to speak to all the people what does he say I want to remind you what I'm trying to tell you that Jesus Christ is the son of God he kept going in verse number 31 and as they went about to kill him tidings came into the chief captain. Listen, they sought to kill him. And Paul said, I'm not going to let this move me. I'm not going to let this uh, uh, keep me from preaching. I'm not going to stop doing what God has called me to do. Paul's life was in danger. They took him. They physically beat him. He was taken by the, the military of that day, the soldiers of that day. He was chained, the Bible says. His life was on the line, yet the gospel message was so important to Paul that none of these things moved him. You know what I wanted to challenge our church today with this? How important is the gospel message to you? Is it important enough for you to take it to the places where people need to hear it most? Is it important enough to you to be able to endure some heartache and some persecution? They wronged me. Keep preaching the gospel. But you don't know what they've done. Keep preaching the gospel. They, 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 they beat Paul. Keep preaching the gospel. They sought to kill Paul. Keep preaching the gospel. Don't give up, Christian. Now is not the time for we as Christians to give in and give up and say it's too difficult, it's too hard. Matter of fact, I think we ought to do the opposite. We ought to look at the most hardest places in this world and we ought to be determined we're going to get the gospel there. We ought to look at the most hardest places in our community and say that's where we're going to get the gospel. We ought to look at the most impossible thing to do and say that's what we're going to do for Christ's sake. Paul's love for the gospel, it convicts me as I read it here in Acts chapter 21. His passion to get it to the people, it convicts me. Does it move us? Does the gospel move us? He kept going, even in difficult times. Hear me, Christian, if anything, now there's a lot of reasons to quit. Church is inconvenient. Church is hard. People have hurt you. You've been offended. It's not easy. The world's against that message. There's plenty of excuses to quit. 
But does the gospel move you? He kept going. I want to remind you, look with me, just flip over a page in your Bible, Acts 20, verse 24. The Bible says, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. What Paul was saying is this, these problems, what you're saying, they're not going to stop me. They're not going to persuade me to quit. I'm going to continue to do what God has called me to do. He's placed me here on this earth to preach the gospel, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to consider my life. You know what he's saying? I'm not going to let my feelings dictate to me what I'm going to do because there's some days I don't feel like doing it. There's some days I've gotten hurt. There's some people that have, have, have hurt me and, and some people have wounded me, but I'm not going to let how I feel keep me from serving Jesus Christ so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. And all oh, listen to me, every single one of you, if you are a child of God, you have been given a ministry by Jesus Christ. And that ministry is to tell other people what Jesus Christ has done for them. That's what you are called to do. That's the command on your life. And that is the ministry that you have. That's the ministry that Paul had. And I want to say to you, does that move you? Don't get sidetracked from the real mission. Don't get sidetracked in these difficult days, in these trying times, in this season, this pandemic, in, 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 in adversity, in problems. And I know all of us today, you're going through more than just the pandemic. It's job situations. It's health situations. It's family situations. It's, it's trials and burdens that you're carrying. And it just seems like what we're dealing with in this world just compounds all of that. And it might seem easier to quit. It might seem easier to just point your finger at God and say, why are you allowing this? But Paul stayed focused on his calling. And I want to say to you, church today, stay focused on what God has called you to do. Don't let these things move you. Let the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel message, let that move you to continue to take the gospel message to people that need to hear it. And so my question today in closing is this, what are you going to do with the gospel this week? Hear me, this week, there's going to be a hundred excuses for you just to pay attention to yourself. You're going to have conflicts at jobs. You're going to have conflicts in your home. You're going to have conflicts at, at, in your neighborhood. You're going to have conflicts with your friendships. You're going to have conflicts with your employer. If you're an employer, you're going to have conflict with your employees. There's going to be work to do. There's going to be problems in your life. There's going to be difficulties. You're going, to, you're going to have conflict in your finances. You're going to turn on the news. You're going to have, you're going to have fear. You're going to have anxiety. And any one of those things can be big enough to stop you if you allow it. Or you can say, none of these things move me. I am going to continue as Paul did with the boldness to do what God has placed me here to do. And that is to live for Jesus Christ and tell others what Jesus Christ has done for them. And I wonder today, how many of you would say, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to stay focused on the message 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you bow with me in prayer? In just a moment, we're going to have an invitation. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, we're going to invite you to Christ. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Every single person that can hear my voice right now, you are loved by God. God is not willing that you perish, but you come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You're not too bad. You're not too far gone. You're not too bad of a sinner. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it. It doesn't matter what your family history is. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. None of that matters. What matters is this. God loves you. And he sent his son to this earth to die to pay your sin debt. Will you call upon him today? Would you say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me today? I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again from the dead. And I trust you as my savior today. I repent of my sin. And by faith, I believe that you are the son of God. Save me. Give me eternal life. If you pray that in Jesus' name, the Bible says that you're saved. You're a child of God. You're born again. You say, that sounds too simple. The hard part was what Christ did. He's the one that left heaven, came to this earth, lived a sinless life, was placed on the cross, was beaten, brutally beaten. His blood was shed. He's the one that did the work. Because no matter what you try to do, it's not going to be enough. Will you just accept what he did? That's the gospel message. That's what Paul was preaching. It's not about becoming a member of a church. It's not about turning over a new leaf. It's not about a however many step program. It's just about you and eternity. And where are you going to spend it? Will you trust Christ today? Will you trust him today? just a moment, Pastor Chris is going to come. He's going to invite you, if you've never trusted Christ, to do that today. Christian, I want to ask you this. What are you doing for Christ today? What are you doing with the gospel? Yeah, there's problems. Listen, I'm not, I'm not minimizing any problem that anybody has. T tomorrow, tomorrow I'll be at the funeral home with Linda Davis. Her mother passed away last week, this past week. Pray for Mickey and Linda and her family. I'll be at the funeral tomorrow. 
I'm not minimizing the hurt. I've been, in, I've been, I've prayed with many that have lost loved ones. I, I think of, of Gary and, and he just buried his wife. I, I think of families in our church that have lost their jobs just recently. I think of surgeries that are going to be coming up. I think of Scott Patterson just buried his mother. I'm not minimizing any of those trials. I'm just simply saying to you how great God is. And I'm simply telling you how great salvation is. And I'm so glad that Gary is going to see his his wife again someday. I'm so glad that Artie's going to see her mom again someday. I'm so glad that Scott's going to see his mom again one day. I'm so glad that Linda Davis is going to see her mom again one day. Say, how do you know that? Because their testimony of trusting Christ as their Savior. I know the trials we're facing are real. Serving Jesus is the greatest thing you can do. Telling someone else what Jesus Christ did for them is the greatest message. Don't get sidetracked, church. Don't use excuses. Stay surrendered. As we continue with our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, we've been challenged with this message. And this morning, you were asked if you had received that message of salvation. And that door is open to you this morning to accept the gift of Jesus Christ. Today, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, it is as easy as this. If you would understand and believe that Jesus did come and die on the cross, he was buried for three days and he rose again and he did that for you if you will believe that the bible says if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth we shall be saved if you just say a prayer like this dear jesus i know that i'm a sinner and that i deserve hell i believe that you died on the cross paid the penalty for my sin and rose from the dead three days later. I am placing my faith and trust in you alone to forgive my sins and give me the gift of eternal life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If there's somebody here this morning and you've done that, or if you're watching online and you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you would let us know, you could call into the church this morning. Is there somebody here that you would lift your hand and you would say, that's me this morning. I've never done that, but this morning I prayed and received Jesus Christ as my savior. Would you just slip your hand up and put it down? Church, everybody else, you can look up here this morning. We've been challenged with giving the gospel. And I would ask you this week that you would pray and ask God to bring somebody across your path and then ask God to allow you to be sensitive enough to recognize who that person is. To help you to do that, to give the gospel this week, we have, uh, we call them tracks. They're gospel messages 
uh, in small paper format. They're on the table out there. And all you have to do is pray and ask God to bring somebody across your path and then, God, give me the courage to give this to them. And that's a way to give the gospel out. Also in here, if you read it, uh, you will see how you can, if you don't have one of these, share the gospel with somebody. But let's take the message that we heard this morning and take the gospel and give it to people that God brings across our path. At this time, we have a message uh, announcement from our school. Test. Oh, there we go. Not another message, but uh, Pastor did ask me to mention just a few words um, about MCA in the beginning of school. Let me begin with just really a short testimony because obviously as a new administrator, several people have asked me, why would you take a school administrator position this year? And it, it really wasn't me, it was really all, all of God. Actually, God was leading in a lot of ways last winter and Pastor and I had quite a few conversations, uh, spoke with the deacons, and really I accepted the position of school administrator the end of February, the 1st of March. And then we all know what happened the middle of March. But it goes back really to the reason. Uh, for those of you who may not know me, I guess I should introduce myself. My name is Mike Farley. I've been on staff here at MCA for five years, been a member of our church here for uh, my wife and I for um, just a little over two years. Um, Last winter, God has just been working in my heart, knowing that the position was going to be available. And I was thinking, I know I have about 15, 17, 18 years left of my career. And I said, well, God, I have two, two choices. I can either slide into retirement as a teacher. Got to the point where teaching was almost a little selfish. It was easy. I could do it without God, just from all the experience. I didn't like that. That wasn't a comfortable place to be. And I knew an administration would be a position that I was absolutely dependent to trust in God each day. And then COVID came. And especially these last three months, it's really been a great application of Proverbs chapter three. That I'm realizing that no number of years of experience, educational experience, no amount of human wisdom can truly prepare us for what education possibly brings. So church, I guess I ask just a couple of, of prayer requests of you as school begins. We are scheduled to begin August 26th, and that's what we're planning. And a little unique in our area, we are planning all five days in session. Um, some challenges, but I think we as a school are able to do that because of the size of this, our school, because of our facilities that we have. But obviously in those five days of school, there are some requests and needs that we have. So just some specific requests, um, some general, some specific, but I encourage you, pray for our teachers. Um, I appreciate each one, the work that they've been, been in the, in the school this week, getting classes set up, just to realize how to follow the guidelines and still provide a quality Christ-centered education. Uh, pray for them, work, working through some creative ideas. Pray for our students. Our students are returning to a school different than what they've had in the previous years. Um, there's a lot of new things, obviously, a new administrator, that's one new thing that they have. Um, but I do pray for them that they may absolutely have their focus 
on the Lord in their education, not on the circumstances, not on the concerns that they bring to school, not on the changes that school can present, but pray that their focus truly might be on God. And then we can't avoid this, but pray for the health of our students, for the health of our staff, for the health of the greater MCA family. Um, many families that I've spoken with, I won't say many, but a number of families that I've spoken with are coming and sending their students back to school with some health concerns. So pray for them. Pray for our athletic teams. I think the removal of the tent will be just in time for the soccer season to begin, Lord willing. Um, and I think we'll be ready, other than this large brown patch that we're going to have in the middle of the soccer field, but that's going to be fine. We can, we can have it, but pray for them. There's some new guidelines that are even coming down with regards to athletics uh, this week. Um, I thank you for our, our, our coaches and the work that they've already done so far. And then pray. We do have some staff needs. Um, God supplied some fantastic new staff to us this year. Uh, we've met or saw the Ikeepas last week. Uh, Christian will be uh, teaching our Bible classes. And then Liz will be in the um, school office in the mornings. And then I appreciate Mrs. Natalie Graham has joined staff, and she will be in the office in the afternoons. Um, so thankful for Mrs. Beth Fife, who is joining our staff in the area of um, junior high and high school history. Great additions to what God has. Now, there is one little piece that's still missing that we're just trusting God for in timing and circumstances, and that's an athletic director and physical education teacher. Just spoke with a man yesterday. And just seeking the Lord, see if this is where God is leading and directing. So pray for that. And then one other need that we do have, and um, if you know someone or you might be available, we're probably going to be in need of a, a significant more number of substitute teachers. So if you feel you're qualified, feel free to call the office. Love to sit down and talk about that possibility for you. Couple of two two huge excitements. Obviously, we've already mentioned the new staff. Another excitement is just a lot of new families that I'm able to meet in interview. God is bringing some great families to our school, and even in light of that, is also bringing families to our church. This week, the refinishing of the gym floor begins. That's going to be a neat, exciting welcome back to the students. Sanding the floor down to bare wood, uh, a new stain pattern, uh, a new MCA logo, um, just some neat things that are going to happen and say welcome back, students. But yes, school starts in 10 days. And in those 10 days is when the nerves start hitting. You know, just ask my wife. The nerves have really started to hit these last few days. But I'm, faith, I'm trusting and confident in God. And I, I'm actually thinking of this, that commitment to pressing on whatever circumstances bring, because we can have complete trust and complete faith in a faithful, omniscient God. Pray for MCA. Uh, follow us on Facebook. I'm trying to do a, 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 a consistent job of just communicating some ideas and, and things that are happening because God's going to bless. We're going to go into the school with maybe a little bit of questions, but with great confidence in the God that we serve. So let's close in prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, give us that passion for souls. Help us not to dwell in guilt, but live in confidence because of the great salvation that we have received through your son. In whatever direction you take us this week, help us to boldly proclaim your great name. 
Father, even pray as we as teachers prepare for school this week, that we can prepare to boldly proclaim our God to our students and the children that you send our way. Pray for school. Take away the anxiety. Take away the fear. And just overflow us with faith and trust in the great God that we serve. May we honor you in our lives today and this coming week. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.